0: All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of I Can Steal That, the true crime podcast that's never too heavy. I'm your host, Pete Stegmeier. Very excited about today's episode. Episode number 70. Uh, So that's that's very fun. We had uh, episode 69 last time. 70 is the next number. It's not as cool, but it's it's just as good. It's going to be a very fun episode. Um. this episode, I'm just going to throw this out there. Um, brought to you by the upcoming album Pete TSD. Uh, you might have guessed that's that's my album. It's going to be out November 11th. It's Veterans Day, uh, and it is a project near and dear to my heart. If you like stand-up comedy, if you like people talking about like uh, their mental health, but in like a fun way, uh, and also like there's some good army like there's. There's jokes for every, you like bears. I got, I got bear jokes in there. I got a whole track called bear jokes. Uh, anyways, just, you know, give it a try. Uh, it's going to be available for pre-order on iTunes very soon here. So just search it out. I'll include a link in the show notes, but other than that, I am very excited for this episode because it contains a lot of my favorite things, Las Vegas heists and our guest. He is one of my favorite Nashville comics. He is just an incredibly funny guy. Uh, Eddie Ortiz, how's it going?
1: Hey, good to see you, man.
0: Good even, to see you. Even
1: though I can't see you, but it's fine.
0: Yeah, I, I'm having some tech issues, which is fantastic. Like, everything else is working, but I just, I look like a green screen. So, I like, I don't know. He could be seeing me as, like, Godzilla destroying you Tokyo know, right feel, now.
1: I feel like a green screen sometimes, you know?
0: That's fair. Yeah, me me too. Me too. That's gonna be my retirement plan. If I get like super fat, I'm just gonna wear like you know really bright colored T-shirts and like yeah, stand in for movies yeah. and be like, "Hey, Thanos is gonna be where this guy is."
1: That's why I don't wear red. I don't want people to stop traffic. You know, that's like, that's fair. Happened before. I don't want to do it again.
0: Yeah, I I wore a red T-shirt once, and everybody was like really scared about like if I was gonna be running through their brick walls. And <laughs> uh, good times. Good times. Those jokes are not on the album, so please buy it for quality content. Um, but but I'm, I'm excited about this one, um, mostly because we are going to be talking about a fairly well-known heist, but Eddie has maybe the most direct connection to this crime of anybody that I've spoken to about Eddie yet. Have you been, um, have you been to Vegas? Oh, I I love Vegas. I go every single year at you least do you, once. Really? Oh yeah, I go every year for the Super Bowl.
1: Ah, that's cool. That's cool. What's uh What's your favorite part of Vegas?
0: Oh, man, I I love old Vegas. Uh, yeah. like I I love like Fremont. Yeah, uh, which is where I, the Circus is. That's that's right. Well, I think Circus Circus is a little bit below. It's like halfway between like the Stratosphere yeah. and oh, yeah, like the great. Old Strip.
1: It's over by the In and Out.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There there's there's too many of those now. Like it's. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I like old Vegas. Like my my favorite is El Cortez. It's like depressing, oh, yeah. but it's like a good like. It's one of those casinos where it's always just like orange, and it looks like if John Waters was directing a movie about hell, like what he would make it look like.
1: I feel like there'd be a little more dildos, but you're right. I
0: think you're right. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's a fun. Like I love like that like gritty grimy Vegas. I I did go there once for Christmas, um, and it was as depressing as you think it would be. So I'm not doing that. Like that changed me fundamentally as a person.
1: You know, but I was, I'll go I any younger, other time. We used to go there all the time, right? And I I just made a joke about this the other day because like I like to talk trash about people who like saw the Joker and made it their personality. You know, but like. I realized I was like, oh yeah, I saw swingers and made it my personality when I was in high school. Well, <laughs> so I've been to Vegas so many times, right? Cause we're, you're two and a half hours away. It would be like, all right, let's, we'd have two beers and go, all right, let's go to Vegas. And then you get to Vegas and there's only like three places you can get away with doing shit when you're under 21. So it was oh, yeah, like fun, right? It was always like, oh, this is going to be fun. And it and it isn't.
0: Yeah, no, that, that happens a lot. Like yeah. the first I don't remember the first time. Like I used to go a couple times a year when I was in the army. Like that would be like where I would spend my R and R.
1: Yeah, you got you. I feel like it's a fun place to get into trouble because they're used to it, and so it's it's easier to get into trouble in Vegas.
0: Exactly, and it's it's really fun. Um, You meet some crazy
1: people. I've met some of the craziest people I've ever spent time with.
0: Yes. Oh, it's
1: and you hang out with them for like three days. And then you exchange numbers and hope that nobody ever uses it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I stopped exchanging numbers with, like, the people that I would meet because I'm like, one of these days, like, I'm going to be implicated in a crime. <laughs>
1: You're going to have to be on Dateline because you went to Vegas. You know? Like,
0: there, I still remember this guy. Like, this is leaving Vegas. Um, and we were, like, we were supposed to be flying back to, like, I lived in New York at the time. But the flights were a little bit delayed due to a snowstorm. And there was this guy that like my father and I, uh my father-in-law and I just called the beast. And he was just like this enormous dude in like a tie dye affliction shirt. And he exactly. just, he like this man spent hundreds of dollars on liquor at like the airport chilies and got us all like wasted
1: <laughs> at the airport Chili's
0: at the airport chilies. It was, it was a really fun time. Like, like man, that like just—I
1: feel like every airport's like a small Florida. You know, it's like just wild, and you can do whatever you want, and everything's too expensive.
0: Yes, that actually—that's like one thing I like about the Nashville airport is like the prices are still kind of reasonable, but it is like it is still lawless. It's like, am I drinking at <laughs> seven in the morning? Of course I am.
1: No, you, anytime, anytime you're traveling, you just have to drink the whole time. It's the only thing that makes it tolerable.
0: Exactly. I, I feel like the TSA is like actually like the liquor lobby just yeah. trying to. My
1: my favorite move used to be uh, to smoke a J like to just chug a J in front of the airport and then try to make it into uh, make it to my gate before I was too stoned to walk. You know,
0: that's you know, what that's a fun game.
1: <laughs> it, 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 it always made me hurry up. Right. It would it would use I would use the anxiety to move fast. And then inevitably I would be on the other side of the gate. Shoes in hand going, where are all the snacks at?
0: That's, you know, that's a risk, though. Like, I think that's smarter, though, because I I know people that used to be like, oh, we're 45 minutes away from the airport. Let's pop this edible now. And then and then, like, they would get stuck in traffic and they'd have to, like, explain to the customs people, you know. Yeah. Like, it was. So I, I think doing it at the airport makes makes the yeah, most sense. You got to
1: plan it out, right? And but you know sometimes like I almost got caught the last time I was in JFK because I had two J's and I was like I'm gonna run through these J's real fast, real mm-hmm. fast because I'm a stupid person. And uh, the like uh, the moment I I flicked the other one, the two cops came around the corner and they're like. What's going on, man? You, you smell that? And I was like, nah, man, I don't got nothing. But like they held me up just long enough for me to just get really, really stoned. So by the time they were like, all right, go ahead. I like walk into the airport and I'm like, this place is messed up. Because, you know, if you've ever flown out of uh, uh, I was at LaGuardia. If you've ever flown out of LaGuardia, you know, it's like somebody shut down a mall and then planes fly out of it.
0: Yeah, it's weird, though, because now apparently it's really nice.
1: It is. I, that's how long it's been since I've been there.
0: That's like, I, I haven't been there while it's been nice, but I am not ready for a world where it is the nice New York airport. (laughs) I'm
1: trying to remember, actually, now that I think about the last time I flew out of JFK for some reason, I was, I was working with a band and uh, for some reason I had a bunch of drum gear with me and it was like the most annoying thing in the history of time to like carry around a bunch of cases. And everybody's like, Oh, you're a drummer. And I'm like, no, I'm a tour manager who hates his life.
0: That's you know I, I i think with that we should get into the heist it's um heist, but, huh? <laughs> but first let's let's talk about your experience like um because this heist takes place at circus circus and you an also
1: usually in the, in my therapy sessions we talk about the circus circus a lot
0: dude i i feel like the people that work at circus circus like cuz they have the circus going on in there and i feel like like, this is not as an insult, but I feel like it's got to be soul oh, crushing to be one of yeah. the people performing at Circus Circus when there's like, <laughs> you know, every casino has like a Cirque du Soleil thing. And then it's yeah. like, no, you guys are going to be here at Circus Circus.
1: It's going to be Circus Circus. You're going to
0: be performing for toddlers and people taking a breather from the buffet. <laughs>
1: Oh, can you, I'm sure that their emotional lives are terrible, terrible. You know what I mean? Like everything that exists in their world is probably so sad.
0: Sad. It's kind of, you know what though? Like, I don't know. Cause it's like one of those things where like as a comic, like we get a lot of like weird side gigs that don't line up like perfectly. And they're like, Oh, like, so I'm, I'm hoping that it's like them being like, Hey, you know what? I'm performing in Vegas. I'm doing, you know, So few people like make it this far to do the dream, but it's got to just be weird. Like knowing that like down the street, there's like 400 mimes and
1: (laughs) I think, you know, it's probably like people who, uh, they like murdered somebody in 1994. So they're just kind of stuck there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That is, (laughs) we're going to go with that. The Circus
1: Circus is purgatory, which is a great place to start my my entire life.
0: Yeah. So do you do you want to talk a little bit about the robbery slash yeah, casino yeah. heist that you witnessed at Circus Circus?
1: Yeah, the Circus Circus has always held a special place in my heart because it's the it's the place that I remember realizing uh, that I don't know if my like parents should have been able to have kids. You know what I mean? Like someone should have stopped them. Because, uh, <laughs> I, and this, I tell the story all the time, right? It's, 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 I, I was in the back of a pickup truck. It's two in the morning and we're on our way to Vegas because I grew up in Los Angeles. I grew up in Los Angeles and Vegas is just so close away, close to it. And uh my mom, she like, she was one of those, she was a, she's a great woman. I love my mom to death, but she like had to work 18 hours a day to take care of her four kids. So like, we never really got to know her, right? We just kind of got to see her actions in the world. And so I remember this one time this is very specifically. And I tell this story on stage where I, when I was a little kid, just like all the other little kids, I would wear my like Halloween Batman costume as my pajamas. I don't know. Did you ever do that? Did you have like pajamas you wore?
0: So I had pajamas. I did not have like Halloween costumes yeah. that, cause my mom was real big into making our costumes. So like,
1: Ours were made too. My mom, my mom, she was a seamstress. For or she still is a seamstress, and so like, uh, she would make our costumes, and then we would wear them as pajamas, right? Because because she wouldn't buy us pajamas, and she wouldn't want us. She like, she repurposed them as pajamas.
0: <laughs> oh, that's really cool. No, like the only costume I remember as a kid was my mom made me be the Tin Man because I don't think I would have asked to do that myself, but it was basically just covered in aluminum foil
1: that's dramatic
0: and then i had a funnel on my head but like we didn't get like a new funnel so it was like one of the oil change funnels <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's just they're just like all right well is this one clean enough no put it on the kid's head
0: <laughs>
1: that's a different it was the wild west of taking kids back then you know like, you it, do it,
0: it was insane
1: it was insane. So we're in the back and I was just talking about this earlier today, like telling the real life story. And I, I was in the back of a pickup truck, right? And I specifically remember like thinking, like, should should they have let her leave the hospital with us? Cause it's two in the morning. I'm dressed as Batman and we're on our way to <laughs> Vegas. And so we get to Vegas, right? And they put us in so the Circus Circus was legendarily known as the place where you could bring your children at all hours of the night, right? And I don't know if it's still like that. I feel like it isn't. It's, it's Vegas is, is is more sexy Disney
0: than nowadays. You know what I mean? It is. I kind of miss it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a different world. It's not lawless anymore. And like, like it, it's it's uh, stand in line and go look at the things, right? And so we go to the kid area and they just kind of leave us, right? I think I I think I might have been the oldest at the time. No, my older brother was there too. So there there was one person that was two years older than I was, two and a half years older than I was, and like. Uh, but we were just kind of in the play area. Right. And I'm like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a ball pit kid. I would always go in the ball pit and just hang on the ball pit. Cause after you get tired, you can just lay in the ball pit. Right.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, that's so, true. If
1: you get snacky, you can reach down under the balls and find yourself a little snack. Um, but like I, uh, I started opening doors and like looking around cause I'd never been to a place like this. I kind of didn't understand the concept. I just knew that the casino was a place that you would bet, but I didn't know that the like building was going to have a bunch of other stuff, right? And so I'm opening doors and I, I open these two doors and I, I walk into this room that would that would at the, at the moment change my life because I'd never, ever, ever even considered the concept of an all you can eat buffet, right? Like we didn't grow up with that stuff. We didn't even grow up speaking English. So like everything was always so confusing to me. Because you'd see it on TV and go, where does this exist? Is this a real thing? And then you'd get to there and be like, oh, this is a real thing. <laughs> right? Like At that point, I was like, oh, they really, they really are fountains of chocolate, where chocolate just goes through a fountain. I didn't understand the science of it as a kid, but then I saw it with my eyeballs. And uh, so I went in there and I ate a bunch of shrimp. Because shrimp is the thing you eat at an all-you-can-eat buffet. Oh, yeah. If you're poor, but I'm poor. So shrimp and crab legs, but... So I eat a bunch of shrimp and then I dip my hand in the chocolate a couple of times and I go back to the ball pit. And uh, like the moment I get into the ball pit, I start to get those bubbles, you know, the ones in your tummy where you're like, oh, I don't know this is going to come up or go down. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. No, that's not a that's not a great situation in the ball pit.
1: <laughs> no, no. And so then I'm like, okay, okay. I start to get the little farts, you know, just a little pss- pss- <laughs> and like I'm wearing a cape. So you can just, my cape just keeps blowing up, you know? and so uh, i get out of the ball pit and i realize i'm gonna throw up and i realize i'm gonna throw up and i think to myself i gotta go find my mom because when you're a little kid what's the one thing that you want to do in your your life when you feel like you're gonna throw up
0: you want to find your mom
1: right yeah Yeah. you want to find your mom so you could look her dead in the eyes while you throw up and she could just be reminded that she brought you into this world you didn't ask for this
0: and oh, um, I was saying that from like a nurturing standpoint, no, but I want,
1: I wanted her no, to know the spite.
0: I get it. Yeah. No.
1: no, but so I went into the, the casino and it was kind of the first time I'd ever been allowed into the casino casino. Right. And I don't, I mean, I you've been there, you know how it is. Like you just get hit with that waft of air that just feels like casino all over you. Right. And it, it's warm and it smells like feet cheese and broken home mortgages. And like, uh, the moment that air hit me, I was like, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I'm going to throw up. And this is where my story gets real heisty. Because I I, like, I like, don't think bathroom, I think run towards the exit. So I take off toward the exit. I can only imagine what it was like to be on a Coke bender in the early 90s uh, and see a little Latino Batman just running through the casino at 2 in the morning. But uh, I run towards an exit. And right before I get to the exit, I throw up all over the door, <laughs> oh no, and then I throw up on the ground, and then I go outside and I throw up some more and uh so at, at this point, like this is this i knew I'd, I'd read it I've seen it in the news right that this had happened, but uh I guess at at this point in Vegas's history, there was a a string of people who would just run into the casino and take all the money off of a couple of tables and then, and then run away. Right. It was just like a a cash grab. Oh yeah. And so right, right. That moment that I just finished throwing up two robbers walked into the circus circus, took all the money off of a couple of tables and then took off for that same door. And so robber number one, he like glides through my vomit on the ground and he smashes into my vomit on the door. (laughs) <laughs> i'm just watching this happen going this is unreal and then robber number two just slides through my vomit on the floor smashes into robber number one pushing them both through the door and landing on vomit number three outside and right behind them was a cop <laughs> guns drawn with all like the vest and all the accoutrement of being a cop at the circus circus at 2 a.m in the early 90s uh but so he's heavy enough where he just kind of power glides through my vomit on the ground, goes straight through the door, lands literally on top of the two robbers. And then he looks over and there I am. Batman costume and all. <laughs> That's
0: amazing.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, man. And, I, you know, uh, uh, this is a part that I don't tell on stage, but I, be- I so vehemently remember like 20 minutes later. <laughs> I ran away, right? I was like, that's a cop. I'm a little Latino kid. So I just ran. Oh, away. yeah. I just took off. Uh, but later I was like, I finally found my mom and she was like mad at me that I was all that I was all gross because I threw up everywhere. And uh, she like took me <laughs> She to the didn't even
0: care that you thwarted it She, was, no, a she was just mad
1: that I was all gross. <laughs> and so she takes me to the bathroom and I'm crying, right? I'm just crying. And so she like cleans me up and we, we were about to leave and I hear... A lady, one of the one of the cocktail waitresses, talking to the other cops, going, uh, "Yeah, they were running, and then they 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 slipped on all that stuff." And the, the cop goes, "What is that?" And she goes, "Some kid threw up. That kid." And she pointed at me, and like everybody that was around there, the <laughs> looks over at tiny little Batman and his mom, who's so mad, so mad. And I got the most embarrassed I've ever been embarrassed in my entire life. I was like, "This is pure shame." The whole time I was like, but I stopped this freaking robbery. I stopped them. You guys got those suckers because I had too much shrimp, you know? That's that's why the circus circus will always, always hold a special place in my heart.
0: No, that's amazing. I think that's why they still do the buffet, too.
1: Yeah, it has to be. It has to be.
0: It's like the bat signal.
1: (laughs) I should go back and see what happens if I eat at the buffet again. Like, I wonder if it would happen again, just because that's how, that's how, uh, the universe works is every time I'm at the circus, circus eating at the buffet, I stop a robbery.
0: I would like that. I would like if that was like some like lighthearted version of like, uh, who is it? Like Nick Castellanos when he hits a home run, like tragedy strikes.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or
1: just some sort of like weird Groundhog Day situation.
0: You know, I, I think we should give it a shot. Um, yeah,
1: I got to get do- a Batman costume. I've always wanted to have an adult Batman costume.
0: Yeah, no, I think he got it. Do you remember what year that was?
1: No, I have no idea. I, I asked my mom and she was embarrassed when we talked about it again. And she goes, I don't remember what year it was, but she said, you're too old to be wearing that costume. <laughs> uh, on stage, I talk about me being six because that's when I remember it in my head. But the reality is it was probably a little later. So that's- it, was, it was like, it probably was like somewhere between 89 and 91. Okay. One, one of those three years.
0: That that makes sense. Cause the crime we're gonna talk about today takes place in nineteen ninety-three.
1: Ninety-three. Okay. Ninety three. Yeah.
0: And this is one of the most famous heists in Vegas history. Um because you know, like Vegas is where the money is. Like it's
1: where they keep money, yeah.
0: It's yeah. it's a great like it's a huge I mean it's not a coincidence that like the Oceans movies, like we don't talk about Oceans 12, but like there's a reason that Vegas is like, you know, the target. Yeah. It's one of the most cash rich places in the world. Plus you've got like chips that can be, you know, exchanged at other casinos and it makes a very, very enticing target. And there's so many people and there's like so much weird shit. Like, like I guarantee like for those people at like circus circus at two in the morning, seeing a little like, latino batman throw up and stop a crime like probably not the weirdest thing they saw that day no,
1: they didn't even it didn't even register to them they were just like all right well batman did his thing
0: yeah they were probably just like oh is is this the show and then like we if we go to the mirage the, the volcano might still be going
1: i also think and i was talking about this earlier this morning with a friend of mine because i was thinking about maybe going into the family business which is crime and uh I'm not sure. I'm not sure if uh, anyone would be mad at any point in time if you robbed a casino, right? No, <laughs> it's just rich people's money. <laughs>
0: it, it, yeah. I no. I don't think. I don't think casinos count as crimes.
1: Yeah, it's like a whole Robin Hood situation. You rob it, from the rich and give to the yourself.
0: Exactly. You know what I I'm going to say just do it from like one of like the MGM owned ones or like the Caesars. One of the, like do it from like one of the Vegas ones. Like don't do this on like tribal lands because that's,
1: do not rob tribal casinos, please. And listeners, I know that you want to now because we've talked about it. No,
0: like this is, this is strictly like, it's strictly okay. In Atlantic city. Like if you're looking to steal $30 real soon, or like you can go to Vegas
1: yeah, you got it. You, when you're stealing from rich people, you got to do it right, right? You can't set a Tesla on fire that belongs to another asshole. You got to set Elon Musk Tesla on fire.
0: Well, they do that themselves a lot <laughs> yeah, of they times.
1: They love, they love to flip over and catch fire.
0: <laughs> oh, man. So let's let's talk about this. Um, so 1993.
1: Uh, what was going on in the world in 93?
0: So at this point, uh, let's see here. Okay, I'm trying to remember. Uh, yeah, OJ, the trial was happening. I th- trial no, was happening because you know, I like,
1: think riots had just happened a year and a half before. Yeah,
0: the LA riots and like Rodney, Kang, Rodney um, King. I was in third grade. You're in third um, grade. What well, you? Wait, like,
1: wait, wait, wait. Third grade. So you were you were nine.
0: Yeah, I was born in eighty four.
1: Eighty four. So you are you are the aging millennial we all hear about.
0: That's that's right. That's that's me.
1: I'm one of those in between millennial and X. I'm right behind you. Right. I'm, I'm okay. born 80. Right. Okay. So I, I remember the eighties, but I definitely was a child of the nineties.
0: Yeah. And you don't know, like, I, I consider myself like a nineties kid. Like I hate when people are like, Oh, like nineties babies as like being born. And I'm like, you don't remember that shit. Yeah, you don't
1: remember the nineties. Doug
0: funny did not like contribute to your collective, like idea of good and bad. <laughs> like, like you don't, yeah, like I, I hate to sound gatekeepy, but like being born in nineteen ninety nine does not make you a nineties baby.
1: No. I was I had already, I already had multiple jobs by ninety nine. <laughs> I had an apartment in
0: ninety nine. Oh Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah, I, I mean I, I grew up in Wisconsin, so like my first my first like paid job was um between seventh and eighth grade. I did like corn to so I think I was like twelve or thirteen.
1: Corn to tasseling you know what my the first real job that i got paid money for i picked onions in a field so that's not that different
0: no it's not that not that different like sometimes we would go out and like uh we would do like mint and stuff like that so there's like there's mint but then like there's like a strain of it called like pigment that's like that's just like big mint (laughs) and like you would have to like go because it like it was like the mint fields were the worst because like you could not shake that smell like no, like,
1: you, smell like you probably still smell like mint now.
0: You couldn't like, I remember like my dad picked me up from uh, like from that day of work and he's like, we're going to Walmart and you're buying new clothes. Cause like, he's like, we're not even putting these in the washing machine. <laughs>
1: you're just going to burn them. You're going to the, leave them in the dumpster at the Walmart. I've done that. I've done yeah. That.
0: And like, <laughs> and like seeing my parents, like be like, we're not like, cause they were not wasteful people. I'm like, oh shit, okay, this is like really bad.
1: Yeah, that's a big deal. We uh we call mint uh we had it all over all over our, our house because my that my mom would grow it. But it, uh we call it yerba buena. Yerba buena is what they call mint in Spanish. And nice. It actually translates to the good herb.
0: Yeah, that's not what that means to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I believe in lots of good herbs, but that's yeah, what it's called.
0: There are very many.
1: All right, so it's ninety three.
0: It's it's nineteen ninety three, uh, and this heist was actually um, this is a cool heist uh, for a few reasons. Number one, uh, it's the largest heist in the history of Las Vegas.
1: This one's bigger than the one from Ocean's Eleven.
0: Uh, well, this is the largest real heist.
1: Uh, wait, Ocean's Eleven isn't real? I thought I thought that was real.
0: Oh man, we gotta have some we gotta have some discussions, dude.
1: <laughs> I thought that's how Sinatra got famous was Ocean's Eleven.
0: It might have been actually. I don't. Well, I mean that in the same. Way. Yeah. But, or um. That. But yeah, like because people always think like, oh, like v- Vegas is like a, uh, a, a quote unquote target rich environment. Uh, but that actually makes it like very because all these companies like realize that, and so they spend insane amounts of money on like incredibly sophisticated technology right. and probably, security.
1: Like Happen there the most. They're gonna do. They're gonna do it there the most.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where like most of the casino robberies that you hear about are these failed, like essentially smash and grab jobs because, you know, there's just like, you're not getting into the vaults. You're not like, it's just, it's too hard. Yeah. um, And so a lot of times, like, like, I think the Bellagio had a guy that would come in in like a motorcycle helmet and grab like, you know, a tray of cash from like the, the cash out cards when they're like, you know, swapping out chips and stuff like that. But even now, like a lot of the, uh, a lot of the chips, especially if you're in like a high roller area, like those can have like sensors inside of them. So they can determine whether or not they're stolen. And there's like a lot. It's crazy difficult to do this, but in 1993, things were a little easier. And, um, so yeah, let's let's talk about this because this is
1: how much did the mob still own of of Vegas back in '93?
0: I think at this point, like most of it,
1: they still own most of it, right? So then, yeah, this not is, only is there like the the scientific. This is how we guard our money, but then there's the mob mentality that's like we're going to bust you in the head if you try to touch our money.
0: Yeah, and that was that was part of like I mean that I'm going to count that as like a security feature, you know? Because it's like Definitely, yeah. Yeah, like because you don't you don't mess with the mob. But in this case, um, the the perpetrator the or the the main perpetrator of this of this case, I'm i kinda hesitant to say it was pulled off by by two people. Um but the one with the most direct hand in it was a woman named Heather Tallchief. Heather and Tallchief? Tall Chief, yes. Okay. Uh, and Heather is a uh, she's a natural born member of the Seneca, which was like an a uh, American Indian uh, yep. community from like upstate New York. Um, is Seneca but a town so, or is it a car? Uh, I you know what? I it sounds like it. It sounds like it would be a Buick.
1: Yeah, I think um, it was right. There's a, there was a something called the Seneca because maybe I drove a Seneca once.
0: <laughs> but I, I think there's also like a town. Uh, in Is that area as well Maybe or, or like a college sports team, I feel like would still have that name. Yeah. Like I, I but it's like definitely,
1: that
0: word <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a name that has been, um, been in there. And so Heather was born in 1972 uh, and she was raised like pretty close to like the Buffalo area. Um, and, like a lot of uh, like a lot of women in the seventies, and especially uh, like Native American women uh, or Native American children, she dealt with a lot of like bullying and racism and things like that. Uh, oh, yeah, it's and be
1: brown in America, you know what I mean?
0: Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I mean, I don't know personally, but like, Have I you I seen any of the movies about it? I, I've 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 watched the films, yes, but I've never. Um,
1: What's your favorite but, racist film? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, oh, man. This.
1: Have you seen that? I'll tell you mine right now. Uh, it's What's the one? Oh, man, I immediately forgot it. Oh, uh, what is it? Oh, gosh.
0: I'm really nervous you're going to say like Toy Story or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Toy Story is so anti-cement. No, it's not Toy Story. It's the one about all the Nazi kids from Southern California. You know what I'm talking about?
0: Uh, American History X?
1: American History X. Oh, I remember when that movie came out. I was so punk rock. You know what I mean, like full mohawk and everything. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. You guys found out about Nazi punks. We get into fights with them all the time.
0: Yeah, Ted Kennedy's wrote a great song about them. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh.
1: Yeah, no, and yeah. so yeah, America, America.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's we're doing great. Um, <laughs> but Heather's parents, um, like, were also like very young when she was born. So she like, she was born to two teenagers basically. Mm-hmm. And so very, very rough upbringing uh, for her. Uh, they they separated because they're teenagers. <laughs> and, yeah, I don't
1: even like things from last week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so eventually like she's, she's growing up in this environment um, like, and her, her dad's new girlfriend doesn't like her very much uh and like it's becoming like a drug house and like alcohol and stuff like that, so she she kind of like gets into like a rebellious phase herself and like starts going to punk shows uh smoking crack cocaine, things like that,
1: you know, just regular kid stuff,
0: yeah regular regular kid stuff, and uh she ends up moving uh like still i think she's like fifteen or so, and she moves to San francisco to to live with her mom, and she gets like uh she kind of gets back on track. Like she gets her GED. Uh, she becomes like a nursing assistant, um, but she, she never really kicks like the, the cocaine habit. And so one night while she's at a, at a nightclub, uh, she meets this guy named Roberto Salas. Roberto. Roberto. <laughs> and like Saras uh, or Salas was born in Nicaragua uh, and he,
1: Oh, he had like the Central Americans. We're just trouble, man. We're all just trouble.
0: I'm not saying this. Um, this podcast clearly states that
1: they do not think Central Americans are trouble.
0: But but this like Solace, like definitely was like he uh, he had actually like I'm saying only this individual
1: this individual person was trouble.
0: Yeah, he he had tried um earlier in like 1969. So he's also quite a bit older than I think he's like 20 years or so older than um Actually no, he's uh we'll get to the age difference in a little bit, but he's he's significantly older than uh, than yeah. Heather. And in 1969, he actually tried to rob a like an armored truck and shot one of the guards. No bueno. Yeah, not not great. The armored um, truck
1: is a move, right? That's you know, it's kind of it's kind of the you got to know. That's the that's the you, the one that you're going to find yourself in the most trouble with.
0: That's that's right. Even that's when you right.
1: dream heist with your friends.
0: Well, that's that's what we call in this episode foreshadowing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this this actually gets him sentenced to life in prison. Um, but
1: still alive. Oh, wait, no, let's get to the end to find out.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll cover all that stuff. Um, but basically prison kind of changes him, uh, at least a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to say it makes him better, but he, he goes inward. Uh, he starts writing a lot of books on, of like poetry and things like that. Uh, he has, he actually uses a, uh, a nom de plume, um, Pancho Aguila.
1: Oh, Pancho Aguila.
0: Yeah. And he gets so many fans because he's a fantastic poet.
1: I've been a poet for so long and I don't have any poetry fans. And this guy did it from prison.
0: He, he did it from prison. And he was so successful at it that his fan base was able to get him f- released from prison in 1991.
1: <laughs> should I quit comedy and go back to poetry? That's you, what I, you know what? I mean, are you that's planning a life of crime? Maybe that's what it should be, right? Okay.
0: Yeah, it's it's not unlike if you've been watching She-Hulk um with like the abomination. Because he gets like he gets like real like influencer yogi vibes. Um and Tall Chief like um like to her her credit, she like she says, you know, that like Jill like changed him. Like he was yeah. reformed. Um yeah. he wrote poetry. Um like he like Tall Chief actually uh, had like a good relationship with uh, Solace's mother. And basically he just said that he seemed to be a different person, yeah. you know, than, than he was at the, at the time. Like um, a lot of people always said that, you know, he was just incredibly kind and funny and very charming. Uh, and so when, when uh tall chief meets uh, Solace, like, She kind of falls for him pretty quickly. And she's like, oh, this guy is, you know, just like spiritual and stuff like that. But she gets to his apartment one day and she sees that he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, spiritual, but in like a pretty intense way. He's got like a goat head. He's got like crystals and tarot cards. And he's into like,
1: he's into some, he's into some real spiritual shit.
0: Yeah. He's into like the, he's into like the, like the shit. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I, I don't know, like he, he tells her that it's like sex magic.
1: Oh, so he's got a little of the Santeria in him. That's what yeah,
0: he's, he's doing a bit of the Santeria. Yeah. I don't know how much he got to practice it. Yeah, um, maybe
1: he was just listening to that sublime song. Along.
0: That's, that's right. That's, 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 the better joke that I couldn't make. <laughs> um, but he, he basically like, she goes into his apartment and she's like, holy shit, is that goat head? And he was like, I have two questions for you. Number one, do you believe in the devil? <laughs> and number two, would you like some cocaine?
1: Those are good and first dates right there though. Right? Those
0: are, there's yeah, just some great first dates
1: First date questions.
0: And so she, I mean, like maybe it was the cocaine, but she's kind of into it. And he was like, yeah, like, so he's like, this is like sex magic. Um, and basically, if we do it a lot, we can get all the money we ever want. And she's like, Wow, through the power of prayer, he's like, Yeah, kind of. I'm going to teach you how to shoot AK 47s. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how do we get in on this religion? I think maybe I've missed I, my calling here.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like, <laughs> I mean, hot, hot if Korean you were Irish man, back in. Fun yeah it it sounds like it's better than those like weird Kentucky snake churches and shit like that
1: yeah, no, I like i'm not toys.
0: gonna I'm not gonna handle like a rattle back. I will absolutely shoot guns like
1: I will double fist some tommy guns into a into a tree for fun absolutely
0: <laughs> absolutely so basically. She she gets into this relationship with this guy who uh, is actually, like, almost 30 years older than her. He's, like, 27 years older than her. And he kind of sees that she, like, because he's a predator. Like, I'm just going to throw that out there. He sees her oh, yeah. coming he, from a mile away.
1: Given the opportunity, I'm sure he would have started a massive, massively great
0: cult. Oh, yeah. It sounded for a while like he was going to because, yeah. you know, when you get, like, those poetry fans. Oh, yeah. He, like, the next step is getting a compound.
1: Yeah. And then you know you start talking about the government, and you write some poetry about it. It's a whole shenanigan.
0: Yeah, that's 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 what happens.
1: That's how sister and wives
0: come to be. That's you're not wrong.
1: I can't do it. I couldn't do it. I I already have trouble hanging out with one woman at a time, but two, <laughs> Jesus, I don't have what it takes. I couldn't be a good cult leader.
0: You know what? That's it's fair though that you like said that. I you,
1: you know you should experiment a little bit. Right? Everybody should either experiment with being a cult leader or being in a cult you know
0: yeah i mean i joined the army so yeah that's like, that lovely, was uh, that was that was a bit like a cult <laughs> and so basically uh roberto salas is he's basically grooming like I told you, like she's um for most of this like you know in her late teens but he he knows what he's doing he's manipulating her he's giving her drugs yeah and he's basically like, they start training, and uh, eventually, like in October, in like the summer of 1993, he convinces her to leave California and move to Las Vegas with him.
1: Always the move, always the move when shenanigans are gonna happen.
0: Always, always the move. And once they get there, he pretty immediately starts pressuring her. He's like, hey, babe, you need to get a job she's like yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna try and he's like no you need to get a job with Loomis armored vehicles <laughs> and she's like that's oddly specific
1: it's too specific that's always a, there's always some something going on with two yeah but
0: but Loomis was Loomis was like um at the time they were like the big armored car company out in Nevada and so they would carry huge truckloads full of cash to restock atms oh, yeah. they would I handle like in
1: Southern california too i remember seeing loomis trucks all over the place
0: yeah they were like they were like pretty like pretty much the standard it's like seeing brinks or like there's like yeah. regional ones there's like the gardo ones and things yeah, like that but exactly. but he tells her he's like you're gonna get a job at loomis armored trucks and eventually she does
1: at that point and you gotta know where it's going. I mean, maybe you, she didn't, maybe she was just like, oh, maybe he just thinks something of something. So but I mean if you're you gotta know where this is headed.
0: Well that's that's kind of what's crazy because what happens next is he like he starts making her watch these videos. Like, he's giving her drugs and he's putting on these tapes, but it's just, like, swirling colors. And, like, he's trying to, like, hypnotize her. He's
1: trying to hypnotize her. Maybe we should stop and say at this point, I, w- I don't normally say this, especially while I'm doing this, but uh, don't do drugs. Like, try drugs once with a friend that you trust, but then after that, don't do drugs.
0: <laughs> I You know what? I think that's fair. <laughs> I, I think that is some some good responsibility from Eddie Ortiz.
1: Yeah, you got to try. I mean, you got to see what it does. Yeah. But then don't do it again. That's fair. Oh, and don't do a bunch of drugs at the same time. Do one at a time. Do it one yeah. at a time.
0: So exactly.
1: Thursday night from 8 to whenever the time starts again, I'm going to do DMT. You know what I mean? Like one at a time.
0: I, I think that's the most responsible thing anybody's ever said on yeah. this podcast. And then when
1: you're done doing that drug, smoke some weed and you'll feel better.
0: Yeah, because weed is not a drug. We're, Weed's we're just not gonna. A drug. Weed's that not. is the official stance of this podcast. <laughs> um, so basically, he's showing her these videos, trying to hypnotize her. And eventually, she does get a job as an armored car driver.
1: See, ladies, you can fix them. You can.
0: So you know what? <laughs> you you put a vision board up. And you just watch those like swirly tie-dye movies and yeah. you will accomplish your dreams.
1: Just email him. Email him some of those videos and he will like your Etsy posts.
0: That's right. And he'll buy something. That's true. So basically once she gets the job, um, you know, like most, most people will be like, hey, I'm really happy for you. Congratulations. He just starts like showing her maps and making her memorize stuff. He's like, this is exactly where you're going to go.
1: You know, it had to have been like real, like you had to have been in like that cutesy part of the relationship, right? For someone in the relationship to just pull out a map and go, hey, honey, you want to hang out later and memorize this map? <laughs> so it's in the beginning of a relationship. That's the only time. Later on, it's like, nah, even if you're getting hypnotized, you're like, no, we'll
0: do that later. Exactly. And I, I think that maybe he like started off with like the guns first. So that like the other stuff is like, Oh, this is just like homework. I can, I can do that. But, but basically he's showing, he's showing her these maps and like making her like memorize exactly where to go. And eventually it becomes time for the heist itself. Yeah. You got to do the heist. You got to do the heist. And so on the morning of Friday, October 1st, uh, at around 8 a.m., uh Tall Chief is the driver for the armored truck, and their first stomp is Circus Circus.
1: <laughs> Wait, and so she's the driver?
0: She's a she, driver at this point? She is the driver. Wow. And and the way that the the trucks worked during this time period was, and I think I think a lot of them still do this now. Yeah. Um you would have like a driver up front and then you would have a couple, couple agents like carrying the cash. So if they were going to like refill the the ATMs, like they would each have their cash bags or like their dolly full of cash. They would exit the truck and then like basically the truck would take off for like, and usually do like a 20 minute loop or something like that. So that it's not sitting in one place because that's, that's, you know, usually pretty good security practice.
1: Yeah. That's just like saying, Hey, I'm here. Rob me. I'll be here exactly. That's for you to rob me.
0: Exactly. And so, um, for this job, uh, tall chief pulls the, uh, she pulls a truck in front of the casino. Um, and the two couriers, uh, one man named Scott Stewart and another one whose whose name I, I couldn't find. Um, they basically, um, we're going to go casino to casino. And so these two get out with their cash Uh, and this, this cash, this truck is filled like probably like two thirds full of cash. Yeah. So it's,
1: you, it's like Scrooge McDuck back there.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> exactly. And so they get out of the truck. Uh, they close it up, probably do like that cool, like slap thing. Yeah. And then Tall chief drives off and all of this is like completely normal and expected. However, uh 20 minutes later when they're supposed to rendezvous, she is nowhere to be seen.
1: Those and I like walked out and they were just like, Oh no, she got <laughs> stolen.
0: Yeah. And like, that was like their first thought for sure. Like at first it was like, Oh, like where is she? But then pretty quickly they're like, Oh no, something must have happened to her. Like yeah, she so must have been cool. abducted because, you know, at that point too, like the truck is at its most vulnerable if your armed agents are out of it. And so he thought like, especially cause he tries radioing her and isn't getting any response. And he thinks that she's been like kidnapped or like tortured and killed. Um And so pretty much immediately after he can't raise her on the radio, he calls up his boss, and then the FBI and Las Vegas Metro Police get involved.
1: Man, I've messed up at work, but could you imagine having to call your boss and be like, hey, they took her. Now she has the van. Now she has the money. Okay, I'll wait here. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's got to be it's got to be crazy. And during this time, like the FBI and the police, like they pull up like the security camera from the casino. And that's when they determine that this wasn't a kidnapping. It was a heist
1: it because did, n- they were like these these two clowns. They did it in cahoots.
0: Well, it wasn't even that. It was the fact that, like, they just see her sitting in the car and then she just drives off. Like, nobody, like, you know, ran up to the car and, like, held her at gunpoint. Like, she left on her own. Yeah. And if there's one thing that, you know, Las Vegas has, it's a bunch of cameras.
1: Even back then, you know, the mob wanted to look at you.
0: Exactly. And so, eventually, like, they go to to Tall Chief's apartment to be like, hey, like, you know, is she here? And it's completely empty, uh, and the the truck is also completely empty, uh, missing three point one million dollars in cash. Three
1: point one million in ninety three. What is that in now money? Do you know?
0: Uh, in now money, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's probably close to double.
1: That's crazy,
0: or maybe maybe like fifty percent. It's probably like, I'm I'll say five five million. That's
1: I mean think about just. Just driving away with five million dollars.
0: Yeah, I'm actually going to look that up now because I'm curious. I'm doing it too. <laughs> okay, well, if you're doing it, then I'll I'll keep reading. You tell me how much it was. 1993. It was a hundred. Shit, it's a hundred percent increase. So, uh, or a hundred and four percent increase. So that would be okay. like one dollar in 1993 would be $2 and five cents today.
1: That's crazy. So
0: this is like stealing like six, six and a quarter million dollars.
1: That's crazy.
0: And so what ended up happening with this, with this heist is that like tall chief, like she takes this armored vehicle to a different parking garage. (laughs) And when she gets there, um, like she goes and she goes up to this, this other vehicle that she had leased with a fake ID. And Solace is like waiting for her there. And they just start loading like all this cash into like yeah, suitcases. And
1: bags and. Oh, that.
0: yeah. It's it's like it's a whole, like it's the whole back of a, a truck. It's just insane amounts. And so they actually like they load her up into luggage and boxes. And they drive to denver so like you know that's a pretty decent distance away
1: you know it makes sense though have you ever driven from vegas to denver
0: i i haven't but i want to because it's I like have. two of my favorite cities you go through
1: grand junction you go through salt lake it's beautiful it's like one of the most beautiful drives in america i've had a yeah. chance to
0: do it i really want to do that sometime yeah
1: yeah it's pretty cool
0: and so they kind of hang out in Denver for a little bit, right. plus, uh, but then you're
1: probably high on adrenaline and you got an entire vehicle full of cash.
0: Yeah. And like, also like the weird sex magic stuff Yeah, and I mean,
1: like sex magic. Probably
0: they hang out in, in Denver for a while decide like, Hey, we should probably like move around a bit. They go to Florida and then they're like, let's go to the Caribbean. And from the Caribbean, they actually decide to go to Amsterdam and to that
1: feels right but at
0: this point like heather tongsheve is like one of the most wanted people in america because they know they know she did it
1: yeah they know for sure she's in on it
0: and her picture is on like uh you know on flyers possibly on milk cartons Ooh, did um, she make
1: america's most wanted because she piece, did actually yeah that's so cool she,
0: i believe she was america's number one most wanted oh, for do they
1: still make america's most wanted i know they brought it back for a minute
0: I don't know if they do or
1: not. That was a, I would still watch Wall Walsh tell me about all kinds of things.
0: It was it was a fun show. And so like in order to get her out of the like from the Caribbean to Amsterdam they actually like have her dress up as like an elderly woman in like a wheelchair and like <laughs> yeah, on difficult. it. And, yeah, it's pretty I I love a good like when a heist involves like a costume.
1: Yeah, because you do. You've ever seen people in costume in real life? You're like, oh, that's totally a costume. But you know, at some point, somebody you you didn't see them because they were in costume and it worked. Exactly, and unfortunately, that? I'm the size of three horses.
0: That's fair. No, I'm same. <laughs> and so, basically, things like if this were a movie. <laughs> hmm. Sorry, I don't know why I yawn just now, but <laughs> if this were a movie, like this would be like the part where like they're living like together on like the south of France and everything is nice yeah. and things like that. But unfortunately, <laughs> like like Roberto Salas is an asshole and he's like a manipulator, and so he doesn't really give her any money. Like he he's kind of just like, oh, you stole this for me, and so. While she's in in Europe, like, she actually ends up having to, like, take work as a hotel maid. Oh,
1: see, that's when you screw up. Well, you got to give him some money. He just robbed all the money for you.
0: And, you know, she would be like, can I have, you know, some of the money that I stole? And he's like, don't worry about it. Like, (laughs) things are okay. He's like, I'm taking care of it. And she just, he wouldn't give her any of the money. And so, eventually, she just, like the relationship like sizzles, not that it was ever necessarily healthy to begin with. He starts bringing like more and more women into the house. He's and there with women. Yeah. He, he kind of does. He, and so uh, a little while later, like in late 1994, um, she discovers that she's pregnant.
1: Not a heist baby.
0: Yeah, it's a heist baby conceived on a pile of cash, but this kind of like inspires her to be like, okay, I have to get away from this dude because like he's, you know, it's fine if he's going to be shitty to me. Not that it is. And if you're in a bad relationship, like get help or don't be afraid to talk to people. People are out there. But like she, she could have bring a child into that. So she, she ends up taking off, and she convinces Solace to give to give them like a few thousand dollars to start up, Uh, you know, just, but it's like, it's like scraps.
1: A few thousand of the millions of dollars that you stole for me.
0: Yeah. And so she, she goes into sex work briefly. She gets another job as like a hotel maid. And then finally, when like her son turns 10 after, you know, a decade of like, you know, living on the run and just kind of scraping an existence by, she gets back to the United States uh, with a new identity, and she actually, she actually turns herself in.
1: She turns herself in.
0: Yeah, she goes to the Las Vegas courthouse like twelve years later. This is like September twelfth, uh, two thousand five, and she goes wow. to the uh, the Las Vegas courthouse and just turns herself in. Like they had stopped looking for. Like she got away with it. Two
1: thousand five. But can you she imagine? Just, Driving to the courthouse, listening to like the Black Eyed Peas, and then turning yourself in—that <laughs> yeah, had to have been a day. That had to have been a very strange day.
0: It it had to be just like so hard. And Heather's kind but, of badass, though, right? Yeah, no, she's she's fucking awesome. Like, I I love this lady, and like one of the reasons that she actually like turned herself in was because she was struggling so much like financially because Roberto had taken all the money from her oh, yeah, and she was hoping to be a human. Yeah. She was hoping that being able to sell the rights to the story would like provide her some money. Uh... And so that, that was part of why she, she did. And so she actually ends up like kind of admitting to her, uh, her role in the heist um they get some questions for her about like roberto salas which is like i haven't really seen this guy in a long time she tells him what she knows um but then in like the next year in march of 2006 she gets sentenced to a little over five years in prison and is ordered to repay loomis uh the armored truck company like (laughs) $3 $3 million between, like, now and her death.
1: Yeah, that's not going to happen. Well, maybe, actually. Maybe just to sell the movie rights, right?
0: Well, it did get picked up by Netflix for a little bit, but it was, like, an episode of a show, and maybe maybe more stuff will, will happen from this now, because sure there was also... A, yeah, there was, sure. like, that Zach Galifianakis movie that was kind of based on this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she ended up... She got out of jail in 2010. Uh, her son, Dylan, is, like he's a college graduate now. So like, you know, that's pretty cool. Um, but as far as like Roberto Salas and the remaining cash from the heist, neither have ever been found. So wow. they're still he's out just, there.
1: He's just out there paying people money to not tell.
0: Yeah. Or I mean, like hopefully investing, uh,
1: he probably buried it in a hole and died, right? There's probably some of that going you on.
0: You know, what? he, he sucked, So I would not be sad if he died. <laughs>
1: Can you Buy. imagine though? Can you imagine in your life one day walking around doing something and then digging up three million dollars?
0: Oh, it's the dream.
1: Oh, it's like, I, well. But is it though? Because look at look at all of the all of uh what's the name of the DB Cooper that guy? Look at all that guy's money, right? It probably ended up washed up on a shore somewhere, un- unusable.
0: Yeah, that's that's right. A lot of it, a lot of it. I don't know though. I. I still I go back and forth um, over like DB Cooper and yeah, I, he's
1: dead. I think he's dead.
0: Oh, he's dead now, probably. Yeah, but I but...
1: think he died that night. I think he died jumping out of that plane.
0: Oh, I don't think so. I think he –
1: so? I think he landed in that water and 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 had a you know and got hypothermia and then was dead.
0: No, I think he. I think he like touched down and had somebody pick him up.
1: Yeah, that 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 would be cooler though, right? That would be the cool way to do it.
0: That would be so much cooler, but it's. Right. Real talk, though,
1: like if someone today was like, hey, we're going to get in on a heist, would you do it? Would you be crazy enough to do it now?
0: I mean, it would depend on the heist, but uh, if it was – I'm going to say 80% chance I'd do it. Um, Yeah, I've
1: been thinking about getting into the family business, and that's crime. So I have –
0: I have so many like applicable skills for heists. Yeah. Like, like I, I
1: part of it though. Right. Cause if you were looking, I, I could never be Waldo. Cause you look at every camera still and you're like, uh, there's a regular person. There's a regular person. There's a guy who looks like a giant manatee who reads books. Um, yeah. I couldn't do it. I couldn't get away with it, but I could use my brain to hide it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think for the right heist, like especially if it was, um, uh, especially if it was in like Europe, particularly like Scandinavia, Northern Europe Ah. or like the uh,
1: plan already. You already have a plan.
0: (laughs) I I don't know what I would steal, but if it was like something like that, where it was like, Oh, if I get caught and it's a nonviolent crime, I get three years. Okay. All the
1: good, all the good heists are digital now, aren't they?
0: Dude, a lot of them are like, there's like, we covered a couple on here.
1: Kids nowadays even go outside to heist.
0: Yeah. It's, you gotta, sometimes you gotta touch grass. Like, Yeah, I would. I would absolutely do like, but it's it's easier to get caught. Like for like the cyber stuff. Like the long story short is if if the conditions are right, I would absolutely pull off a heist.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. Like there's the guys who just pulled off the three billion dollar crypto heist. I'm like, <laughs> you know, if I if I could get a piece of that,
0: that's that's not even a heist. That's just taking money from idiots. Yeah, like that's just like. NFTs are the biggest scam. And like crypto as as a as you know, a whole like because I'm I'm very much of the opinion. Uh and this is turning into the two men talking about crypto podcasts. So thanks for listening. Um
1: hey, I paid my rent for like three months on some crypto smartness.
0: Oh yeah. No, there's like there's like valid stuff. Like I I think that it is going to be something. Yeah. Because like there's no there's no fucking future like conceivable where like, you know, we talk to like aliens and stuff like that and, and we're like, hold on, is let me thing, get,
1: right? whether it's let me get the paper money. money. Yeah. Whether it's a good idea or not, people are going to do it for our lifetime.
0: <laughs> yeah. We're, we're for sure. Like we're a hundred percent going towards like, you know, the credits system yeah. where it's like, I have 5,000 credits. Like, we're a hundred percent like paper money is not going to be a thing. It's all going to move digital. And
1: it's like, it's you go around America and it's rare that you see regular money. You have to go out of your way
0: to get money. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Where everything is digital. I've never even seen a pay stub in real life for my job.
0: Yeah. It's. (laughs) It's And so like, I think, I think something there is going to happen with it. Like at some point, like all crypto, all currency will be like cryptographic and, you know, protected and stuff like that. I don't think Bitcoin is it. I think Ethereum was like a better bet because like it builds like a digital infrastructure as well.
1: The worst part, it's going to end up being one of these like joke coins. So then, oh, it's going to be a
0: shit coin for sure.
1: Yeah, our money is going to be called like like uh, a cat butthole or something. You know what I mean? Like, Uh, man, I have to be walking around going, "Hey, will you loan me like three cat butthole?" (laughs) You know? And then we're going to normalize it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I Uh, I actually would kind of love that.
1: Yeah, we're screwed, We're
0: screwed. But. But yeah, so that's basically, like, a lot of the a lot of the crimes are, like, going into the cyber world. Like, there was actually an art heist where somebody just intercepted the payment for, and so, like, that's they didn't even have to fence the painting afterwards. Like, there's a custody dispute over who owns the painting now.
1: I don't, I kind of, there's a piece of me that doesn't mind some of the uh, web forgers and stuff when they do stuff like that. I'm like, because the high art world, they're all just a bunch of rich people doing rich people stuff, right?
0: Oh, yeah, a lot of Titus it is just all
1: died poor, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, like, I that's part of why I like the uh, like love heists and, and crime so much. Cause I'm like, cause a lot of these are like legitimately cool crimes. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, I like nobody's mad. Like, nobody that matters. Like, I hope Elon Musk gets robbed for millions of dollars yeah. every day. Yeah. You like, know what I mean, like, I, he I, wouldn't even I mean, notice I guess, it. I
1: guess once again, we should say don't do crimes. But if you're gonna do crimes, do one do crime, crime at a time. That's
0: that's rule number one. That's Have you been listening to the pod? Only commit one crime at a time. You got like some fucking Monet's in the trunk of your car. Yeah. You better do the speed limit.
1: Yeah. yeah, go the speed limit. Put your seatbelt on.
0: Don't scorn a lover.
1: No, no. Like if Don't you steal your girlfriend in the middle of a heist. That's if wall. you
0: steal no, some shit. You treat your lady like a princess or she will turn on you.
1: And you know what? And you
0: should do it anyways because she is a princess.
1: Yeah, exactly. You you should. I mean, and and listen, if you're going to go out of your way to practice Santeria, that might be a good idea because he got away. He did it. Maybe don't listen to Sublime. Maybe you should practice in some some Santeria.
0: That's that's right.
1: (laughs) I mean, if he's out there with all that money, he's probably got – He's got some stories to tell. We need to make a movie about that guy. I, <laughs> he might be a dirtbag, but <laughs> he did it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he he did he did do it. <laughs> so that's yeah, true. that's that's basically the story of the Circus Circus yeah. three point biggest heist in Las Vegas history.
1: Yeah, if I was there, I would have stopped it. That's I may I'd have thrown up all over both of them. They have
0: I would have liked to to see that. Like if they open it up, like the bags in the back and instead of an ink pad, it's just like an explosively vomiting uh, Latino kid. And we're, it's we're
1: like, in a <laughs> and it's like who gave them shrimp? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would uh, have up all over both of them.
0: <laughs> that's, you know what? Like that's, that's how you stop crimes.
1: You know what? I'm going to write a movie about it. It's going to be called Fast Times at Circus Circus.
0: I like it. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah. But Eddie, thank you so much for doing the, the show. Do you have, uh, do you have any projects you want people to know about? How can they find you on the social? You, know, you
1: can find me on social at this Eddie Ortiz on all of the mediums. Uh, rumor has it, I'm pretty funny. So, uh, and, uh, you can follow me there and come to the shows. Come, I got all kinds of shows coming up. I don't even know. I'm bad. At my calendar.
0: <laughs> that's, that's right. I don't even know what shows I've got. I've, I've got some surely coming up. Um, but the thing I want to plug is my album, Pete yeah. TSD. If uh, if you are on Apple, uh, you should be able to search it now in the music store. It's a beautiful album cover. It looks like me holding a microphone about to throw a grenade. It's very fun. Uh, and it is an important album and proceeds are going to be donated to, uh, to help fight veteran suicide. So uh, there's a couple of like really cool organizations that, um, I'll be giving the proceeds to. So I'm not going to make any money off this album. So, and that is not a heist or a scam. That is legit. But you know, you thank you all. A
1: heist to give more money. That's what it is.
0: I. You know what? I would love that. Like I think I think you're going to start seeing more. Like there was actually a string of like veteran, uh, like army vets, like that pulled off a bunch of bank robberies in like Seattle. <laughs>
1: All right, we should probably stop. Army veterans don't do any heists. We'll do them for you.
0: No, it's just make sure that you go over like your PCCs, PCIs, inspect your gear, inspect your buddies, and make sure that you have a, a plan. Like the the patrol fundamentals, those apply to heists too. <laughs> so I'm just I'm not telling you how to do a heist. I'm just saying that if you served, you already kind of know how to do a heist.
1: Yeah, and so then find the Venmo for the podcast and support. And, and
0: don't hurt anybody. Don't hurt anybody. Don't hurt anybody. Walk
1: away from the money if you got to hurt anybody.
0: That's that's right. Do but other exa- yeah, other than that though, we are going to be back uh in 2 weeks with a brand new episode. Uh we've got some amazing guests coming up. Uh we had an amazing guest today. Uh Eddie, thanks again for doing this okay. and it was uh fun. Yeah, this is a great time. And thank you guys so much for listening. If you like the show, tell a friend, uh, leave a review on iTunes or Spotify and just reach out and let me know. Like, I love hearing from you guys. This has been super fun. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. This has been, I could steal that. Thanks guys.